after your 30s, most people's core relationships are their family, their husband and their children. And so as a single woman, I just noticed that and it didn't feel great. Welcome back to Women Friends. Thank you for being here. Today, we are going to hear from a world-traveling yoga teacher extraordinaire, uh, my friend Lysandra. When we spoke, she was in London, and I believe since then she's been to France, and I just learned this morning she's on her way to Ecuador, of all places. You'll hear about all these amazing uh, places around the world that she visits and works and connects with people and she has some really interesting insight about how she's become her own best friend and how despite the fact that she's all over the world and she's making these connections and she has friends in every corner of the globe um, she has self-awareness that tells her it's time to sort of go back inside of her own self and just be alone and be quiet and sit in the in the solitude and just really feel it and allow it um, that there are sometimes just so many connections and relationships that we are faced with kind of managing that it almost gets to be overwhelming and so for someone who is showing up in maybe a new city or a new country facing a language barrier facing new culture new food new everything it could be very taxing and exhausting but yet lisandra she handles this beautifully this is just her nature this is just part of who she is and it's what makes her really thrive and it's what makes her also really super fun to be around we met in about 2008 for um a blissful few years in my 30s um lisandra and i were both both uh, a part of a, of a gang of like couples and singles friends and just really we were taking bike rides and camping together on the weekends and we did some ski trips and it was just a, an amazing time of my life and I will always remember my 30s being so full of life and exciting and free um, with wonderful people there and Lysandra was a part of that and I'm so honored to have her as my woman friend and I can't wait for you to meet her. Listen closely because she's going to share a really vulnerable story about a tragic accident that she experienced um, some a few years ago that actually left her uh, almost completely paralyzed. She's today she is walking She's even dancing, and I know for a fact that she has been seen jogging at least once. So I am so honored to have her here. She's She's got excellent advice for anybody who may be going through um, trying to be a support person for a friend who has encountered a, a major life trauma such as this. Without further ado, here's my dear friend, Lysandra. is Lazandra. I am 51 years old and I have been traveling the world now for almost 10 years. It was 2012 was the last time that I had my for any extended period of time a job in an apartment in Washington DC. So on January 1st of 2013 I took all of my stuff and got on a plane and flew to Haiti 
to become a full-time yoga teacher. And during my, I was there for just about three years. And during my time there, uh, I was, I moved quite a bit and, um, yeah. So as you, so, and then I just like from there on through, I've been somewhat nomadic going from here to there. That lifestyle really seems to suit you though. It's though it is getting to the point now, like in like that I do, I, I have been saying for a while though, that like when I, and it, it has suited me until now and, and it still may does because like when I get to a place where I don't want to leave it, <laughs> then I will stay. <laughs> but so, so far that you know, I was in the Dominican Republic over the last year, I really thought that was going to, to be home. But then it got to a point where I felt like I needed a shift. And now that I'm looking back, I don't think that I'll go back there. Um, hmm. But, but I don't really know. So. And you're in London now? I am in London now. Yeah. Awesome. So how, how, what does, what does friendship look like for you right now? Since you have clearly been making connections all around the world, how do you manage friendships like that? Well, that it's, um, it's by staying in touch and I'm, I'm super blessed to have um, a core set of very deep friendships Mm. that, um, kind of I would say like are beyond the bounds of space and time like the kind of friends and I just those are the type of people that I tend to value the friendship with the most that kind of instantly you just know that you're fast friends and it doesn't um, matter how much time or what's really happening because the friendship is is on a soul level it's not just about having activities or things in common, which is also like another great entry into friendship for sure. When you have activities and and lifestyle or work in common. Right. Well, can you go back to what you were just saying about when you just know that your soul friendship, like how, how do you, how do you just know what's, what is the signal in your heart that tells you that? That's a great question that I haven't really thought of. And it's, it's um, I don't know that there are words for it. It's like, I, you know, the thing, the word that comes to mind is click. And yeah, there's like, when you're with the person, you just have a, I, I have had a sense of, of feeling heard, feeling seen, feeling understood. I would say that those are um, signs and that it seems to happen and as I as I'm thinking about it, there it's not all it does not always an immediate click. It's that that whole feeling seen, heard, and understood can be something that evolves also over time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have plenty of friends where it was just kind of instantly known, and and so and that's and in those are the people that as I travel the world that I continually stay in touch with, um, on and off more or less. Would you say that those friendships? are um, primarily people who come from your yoga community? Um, I would not. I, really? I do. Yeah. I mean, I think because I have like my pits, I, it's like the core group of people when I was living in space. Um, so I lived in Washington, D.C. I lived in Pittsburgh prior to that. And um, I lived in Ohio. Those are three places where... I have like core foundational friends that whatever happens in life and they're always going to be 
my friends. And so those are the people that I stay in touch with as I'm traveling. And as I've traveled, of course, I've made also kind of more tangential friends, but Mm -hmm. those friendships don't run as deep. And in that, and I'm only in places for three months to I was in the DR for almost a year. Uh, And of course, I had friends while I was there, but they're not people that if, you know, if they come up again, yeah, I will see them. I don't, I don't know. What I'm right. Right. So I've been talking with this about some other, about this with some other people and I'm trying to get, because this has been the, even the later I get in my own life, this is continues to present like a challenge for me. And I'm more and more aware of how, how shitty I am at making friends with women. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm trying to like, dive into that moment where you connect with someone and how you take it and how you, how you establish an understanding between the two of you that like, yeah, we both connect and I really like you and I'd like to be your friend, you know, cause we don't come out as a society, as a culture, we are just not accustomed to saying that to one another as grownups, right. you know, can mm-hmm. I be your friend? Can we be friends? <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Is that what's required, though? So how do you how do you establish that if you find somebody that you think you're clicking with? And then do you say like, hey, let's get coffee? Like, what does it look like? Mm, It's I I don't think I really have an answer for that because when and I'm thinking, well, like right now I'm in a very kind of like I had hashtag no new friends for a while. (laughs) Because, what? Yeah. Tell me about that. What do you what does that mean? Where did that come just, from? Because I just because I've traveled to so many places and have was feeling like just like a deep set of connections to a, a, an expansive group of people and I couldn't take anymore. Like I couldn't have any more people that I felt committed to like staying in touch with and going wow. visiting and I feel fulfilled with the group that I have and in that it's not space specific then so I that's in that really since in the past couple of years since I left Pittsburgh um which I went back to it and like Pittsburgh was and still is one of a place that really has a sense of home to me um unfortunately it doesn't my soul doesn't feel fulfilled when I'm living there which is a real bummer because it's really where I have the most people in one spot that I feel like I have an array of friends. And that's actually one of the questions that you sent early. It was like the difference between high school and now. And while what I noticed while I was in Pittsburgh, particularly as a single woman with no children, that for me, my friendships are my core relationships. And at middle age, whether that, whenever that starts and like, but in adulthood, whether it's middle, younger or middle-aged, it, like after your 30s, most people's core relationships are their family, their husband and their children. And so as a single woman, I just noticed that and it didn't feel great. For me, it was like a priority to be scheduling dinner or what our activities, but for my married friends with kids and totally understandable that the friendship was, was tangential. And Mm. so that was, um, 
Yeah, it just was something that I noticed and felt and it and, and didn't love it. Because you were making special accommodations to fit into their lives at their convenience, at our convenience, I should say. Yeah. And, you know, and it's interesting because there's no, it's not like I wasn't, it wasn't, it isn't like, oh, I have to make special accommodations. There was no bitterness about it. It just, and, but there is a, I don't like a, it, it feel the reciprocity and just the value of it. And the, when yeah, so I, I will, I, and it's not, yeah, it's interesting. I want to say, so my closest friends are, no, none of my, I don't, like, yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> and that's like, yeah. Is it, is it just easier to be friends with other people who are kidless? I mean, that's schedule-wise? What start, that's what I was starting to say. Yeah. It's just not true. I'm like, no, I mean, oh. it's, it's not because then people have, there's all, it's, there's all. What I've noticed in adult friendship life is people are just busy and it's hard to coordinate and regardless of what and if it's it's not this has been my experience I don't think it is I don't think it has to be everyone's experience but it felt like that for me there's just a lot of scheduling and and then that's I think why as adults why we end up with a lot of activity-based friends because then you don't have to schedule just the friendship time you schedule the activity falls into because the activity itself is scheduled oftentimes or you're kind of Mm -hmm. getting the double benefit of getting to do the activity and spend time with your friend Mm -hmm. so it makes me think about the difference between the people who like are readily available and accessible to like hey let's go have a drink or let's go have a coffee or let's go have a walk well, and that's, it feels like almost no one is anymore. Mm. Like that felt there because like just that, like, Hey, I don't have anything going on right now. Do you? And it almost always feels like most people have something going on mm. was my experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's, and I say was because I'm right now, like particularly not actively seeking out friendship <laughs> Which is, I will mm. say, like with my spinal cord injury, that that really, um, because like how, like what I can do, and it is like it's not just my spinal cord injury; it's exactly like what you were saying. It's just it's hard to make friends, and right now I'm not in the mood to make the effort. <laughs> yeah, so... I would rather use my effort to stay in touch with my long-term friends than the effort of making new friends. Yeah. There's such a difference between just having companionship and um, somebody to hang out with versus really heart to heart, deep connection. Totally. And that's exactly, and I have, I have very, I I am my own best companion at this Mm. point in my life. And so if it's not going to be a heart based connection, I don't really have interest. And so Mm. that's, and that's been that, and that I think is part of the result of my spinal cord injury because the amount of effort that it takes for me to engage in activities, then like the payoff needs to be pretty good and just casual conversation about stuff that I don't care about. <laughs> like, well, I don't need that. Right. I'm with you. It's so hard. Yeah. But then when, like, and while I'm here in London, I've been volunteering. I volunteer at a food bank and I volunteer at the local park and uh, and I, and just like that kind of this small talk with people, there's, there, it, I 
and I go to Tai Chi quite a bit. And so and those are, but would I consider any of those people friends? Like, no, I'm not going to keep up with any of those people. Like I've never messaged that, you know, what, where does somebody go from just being an acquaintance to a friend? So as you're in these, new, you find yourself in these completely new places, reestablishing yourself every few months or once a year. Um, I, does, is loneliness a problem for you? It can be. It's the, the thing, usually when I've been traveling, I'm going because there's somebody that I know there. So I have a core connection uh-huh. and where just where I am in life right now, I don't need a lot of that. So in London, it's been different because my core connection has been traveling quite a bit. So he's been gone now for almost three weeks. And I'm like, wow, this is as alone as I have been in a long time. Mm. And that's so that led to more volunteering. that I would Uh just be around people more. And so, um, so yeah, so I would say that the answer to your question is that loneliness in general has not been a thing because I find that it's not like I need a bunch of friends anymore. I don't need a filled social calendar. I just need to have a couple of strong connections Mm -hmm. that I can connect with on -hmm. occasion, which then that makes me think maybe I should try Pittsburgh again. (laughs) Maybe (laughs) I was trying to replicate one because I was there, what, in 2017 and I only stayed for six months. And maybe I was trying to replicate like a social calendar as it had been in earlier life. Hmm. But rents got damn high in Pittsburgh, so. They sure did. Um, is there um, a difference for you in, I mean, there must be, um, making platonic women friends versus platonic men friends, or not platonic. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, like, how is it, is, is either easier for you? Um, I don't, I don't think necessarily, I think the nature of the life that I lead, I tend to meet more women. Mm -hmm. Um, but I also have a strong propensity toward platonic relationships with men. And I had, uh, in a situation where I had romantic feelings for someone and he made clear he only had platonic feelings and I, my first reaction was, of course, just like, why am I always just the good friend? And like, look at these number of guys that are like, and then I mm-hmm. counted, like, I have, I have six or seven guys who would go to the end of the earth for me if I asked. And they're platonic, long-term, deep soul friends. Mm. And wow, what like, and that was, that was, um, I think 2016 or so that I had a real turning point for how I value my platonic relationships with men and don't, and like, and really start asking myself, like, what would make this relationship more fulfilling if it were romantic and realized it's like a physical thing. Then of course there is, there is a lot to be said for a romantic relationship that is a different level of caring, but I think in general, as a society, like we don't often acknowledge the value of platonic relationships. And they're, mm-hmm. for me, I've found they are the type of relationship I'm the best at. So, mm. 
Interesting. Um, I'm thinking back to, um, I feel like at some point you shared with me some stories about the, the kid you were and the, the girl you were in high school and your family moved a bit, right? Over. Yes. We moved when I was young and then we, I, yeah, we moved a lot when I was young and then we moved, I lived in one place from nine until 14 and then another place from 14 until I graduated. So so did you find yourself being the new kid at school several times? I did. I did. What was that like? Um, I think you have two options when you're the new kid a lot. You either become an introvert or an extrovert. And mm. I, went, I went the extroverted route. And it also, it was something that kind of, I would say, plagued me. Um, it was like my superpower and still can be that you can drop me into any room and I can very quickly assess kind of the energy of it and figure out how to be comfortable and how to work the room as it were. Mm. Um, and the, but that comes, then that what happens is that I kind of create my sense of self based on what I read from an environment. And so that mm. left me kind of as a, can, can leave me feeling as kind of like a chameleon who am I without creating a definition based on kind of what's need, needed because that is and I say that now as an adult as a child it was just something that I did just like go into the classroom and if there's already a class clown then I'm not the class clown uh, tended <sighs> to kind of be like like I'm the smart kid but like ignore like noticing that people didn't really like the smart kids too much so then I wouldn't so just kind of notice what it was that people liked and try to be that. It was very important for me to feel liked. And I think most of us feel that way, but sure. Um, yeah. Interesting. Mm -hmm. um, Do you have ever a, any kind of traumatic friendship breakups from as a child or a teen or even young adult that, that affected the way you make friends now? Do you think? I, I really don't. The only thing that I, the like one story that it didn't affect my relationship with friendship, but it affected my relationship with understanding what it means to be manipulated. As a child, there was a girl that I would consider my friend and she would convince me to go to this park that we were not, I was distinctly not allowed to go to. And she would say, if I didn't come with her, she wouldn't be my friend. Yeah. And so I went like, I don't know how many times, maybe three, but then when she used it again, I finally was just like, I just went running home and just told my mom, like, I've been going to this park and this girl told me that she won't be my friend and I'm sorry, I'm not supposed to. And I was never friends with her again. And not because, and not because she didn't want me to be her friend, but because I realized that I had been manipulated in a way that I didn't feel good. And so um, I felt in that, just that story, that feeling that has always stayed with me. And I, and I don't feel like I was man, like I don't I have not had uh, any like that's it really. Most of my friendships have been pretty. If they like maybe they faded away, but mm. yeah. that's really self aware of a kid to be like I don't like how this feels. I'm gonna stop it. <laughs> yeah, right. It was that's I was like I'm impressed. I was impressed with myself at any time, and I think and at the time it it was it. I just that feeling I just was so strong and yeah mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you have uh you mentioned you have like friends in different places that um 
have been sort of your hosts in these different cities. Um, are those people uh, that you, are, is the nature of your friendship different because you stay with them or? Um... For sure. That is, that's a really great question. And that I would say that really, like the relationship of staying with someone the first time or a time, because what might not necessarily could just be a friend of a friend who has a place, but then the nature of me staying, whether it was for a weekend or a week um, or like somebody who had an extra room that I end up living in for like almost a year, which is the case in Haiti, uh, that, that either the person, I've never had any like, oh, this turned out that we're not friends at all. But, um, but some of those people have like become like the friendship has definitely deepened. And I would say that, and the nature of being, I'm like the ultimate house guest, um, effort, like, because I have been house guest so often that I like know like how to keep my stuff out of people's lives how to make myself small when needed how to be helpful Mm. when needed and so you know many people have appreciated that and it has um yeah just really deepened my friendships there's multiple like the um when I leave London I will fly to Paris and I'll stay for a weekend there with the people who hosted me in Haiti, they're a young family. And Olga, um, they, like, Olga was a yoga student of mine. And through when I was in Haiti, a lot of my yoga students did become friends just because of the nature of the community. And um, so from there, then I was like in, I wasn't making a lot of money as a yoga teacher. So I was kind of moving from different places and they knew I was looking for someplace. And her husband actually said they had an extra room downstairs. So I moved in there and over that, they've just become like some of my closest friends. And especially like they have a daughter named Vasilisa who I've watched grow up. And so, and yeah, I really am excited about going to see them Wow, I didn't realize you were going back. That's exciting. Yeah, and so now anytime I'm in Europe, which has happens, it's kind of become kind of, because the friend that I'm staying with in London is also, he's a friend that I met riding bicycles in Africa. Mm-hmm. And we've stayed in touch for over 15 years. And he ha- he's also single. And we have like one of the closest platonic relationships that I, he's like one of my closest friends. And that has also happened over time. Like we met in Africa and then we've back and forth visited each other and stayed at each other's places. And so, um, yeah. Um, Tell me if this is, this is off limits, but back to, you mentioned your spinal cord injury, um, which I certainly know about and you don't, have to feel compelled to go into detail, but I'm wondering when that happened. Um, I think my recollection is that some, some people in your life really stepped up to be present and hold your hand through a lot of the darkest moments. Um, but I'm wondering how was that were 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 people who did that a surprise to you and also on the other end of the spectrum were um some people just like couldn't handle it and just like 
just couldn't look you in the eye or didn't know what the hell to say to you through that. I'm really glad that you brought it up because as I was reflecting on friendship, knowing that we were going to do this, that was a huge, a very big area and I didn't mark it as a note. So I don't know if I would have brought it up. Um, and so, yes, with my, so in October of 2015, I fell down a flight of stairs and broke my neck and ended up being paralyzed from the elbows down, they say. So uh, I lost movement throughout my entire body. I could just kind of shrug my shoulders. And yeah, it is, there is no question that it was um, friendship that carried me through that. The, and it just the outpouring of love at kind of the, from the acquaintance level that mattered. Just there were so many people who showed up as caring at just saying like, we support you. We love you. We want you to get better. And that, like, I, it's actually been a long time since I've said, but what I want to say is that that stuff matters. Like feeling all of that energy and support was just such a big deal. Mm. And then, and then as the time, as it was three weeks, like, but then, yeah, like just my group, of friends who were in Pittsburgh, you among them, brought me my favorite juice, brought me to the hospital, pretty much anything I would ask for. Um, and just the gifts and the visits. And there was just so much. And it mattered incredibly. There were a few people who couldn't show up and there for a while I would kind of be like if you couldn't show up during my spinal cord injury then I don't need you um but I've gotten over that now (laughs) and so Mm. I still am friends with who kind of didn't show up whether they just kind of didn't reach out and is now understanding that that not everybody can handle that level of kind of traumatic experience and it didn't have to do with with me or our friendship it had to do with their ability to handle something so difficult Right. I, it, because it brings to mind when um, uh, someone that you are friends with um, loses a loved one, for instance. Mm-hmm. And like, sometimes it's just like, I don't even know what the hell to say to you. Like, I'm not going to come around because I can't face it myself. Yeah. And yeah. then like that person is left. Like, it's so selfish of, of me. I know I've done it. I know I've done it. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, I can't handle it. And I don't have any idea what I don't have any idea what to say to you to comfort you in this moment. And I'm so freaked out. So I'm just going to like leave you alone. And that's probably really uh, counterproductive (laughs) um, and not helpful at all. I I don't, I, part of me though, thinks maybe not at sometimes because if that's where you are, the better than like, it's like showing up completely, putting it on the own. Because I did have some, some people who like I end up comforting them Ooh. and like the nature of my situation I had that capacity but like not always does everyone so like there are a few people who they might have should have waited a little bit of time before they reached out to me or thought through a little bit more it was mostly phone calls from people who were away and actually I'm thinking of only one in particular where she was literally mm. just like sobbing on the phone and I felt and meanwhile you can't feel your legs right exactly so 
so so um we should just tie it all together to let people know if anyone's listening that you worked your tush off to uh get your feelings back and Mm. and to be able you're walking again and you're doing yoga again and can you talk a little bit just just because your recovery story is just incredible do you want to share just a little um sure just that uh, well, I think you just kind of said it. I worked really, <laughs> worked really hard over the past, it's now six years. And so I went from not being able to move at all to being able to move a little bit, a little bit. And then over six years, I have pretty you know, full functionality while it's still limited and frustrating at times because I do use the spinal cord injury as a very complex injury that's difficult to understand. But in the whole, I... There's not anything that I can't do. Like I can tie my shoes. I can like basic life things, which was, that was not uh, guaranteed. Like there were definitely, we didn't know whether I would be able to walk or whether I'd be able to feed myself or Mm. carry things and walk, which that's still one of the most difficult things is carrying something while I walk. But, Mm. um, and so of course there are like, I have limitations, but I work with around them with them. Hmm. Does that affect how you make friends now at all still? Absolutely. Like, that's, that's, hmm. I started to say that earlier because it's a very natural thing to make friends with people through activities. And now, like, and just my, how my, it's still difficult for me to, to realize how I move and what I do and, and like, and how it affects people's perception of me. So people didn't know me before my injury, then like the, like their perception of me as a disabled person is, uh, it's awkward. I'm still not super comfortable with it. And now it's like, I'm like mildly disabled and, or I just kind of look old. I've let my hair go gray. And so then I just kind of move slow and kind of awkward. And so then that's just like, yeah, I don't love it. Well, you're, the other piece of your life, which is so enormous, is your um, your connection with spirit, and your you call yourself a spiritual being, right? And then having an <laughs> earthly, or in an in an earthly experience, or is that what you say? Well, I'm I'm like one of I would say one of the biggest things about me, and is that I I kind of change my perceptions. <laughs> very often and I'm at the moment going through a stage where I'm mildly annoyed with that whole I'm a spiritual being having a human experience and so that it's there that is like a spiritual <laughs> them something that people say and I and I lately have been like really I'm just I am I'm very human and like it's my human things that create issues my spiritual mm-hmm. being is in darn good shape and mm-hmm. being human is hard so but it, I, that to your point that I have done a lot of spiritual and emotional work um, and before the injury and the injury has helped to just take it to a whole new level. And that Do you, does go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, you, no, you ask it. Don't I mind. was going to ask if you still meditate. I it's I and it's um, no. <laughs> I, really? spend, I spend a lot of time being very present with. My thought, my life is so quiet and slow right now that everything feels like a meditation, 
but it's not <laughs> true because meditation is a particular disciplined focus. And um, in my very spacious, very quiet life, I don't, I don't find the need for that tight discipline around. Yeah. So I, I do a lot of contemplation and being present, but I'm letting my mind, mm, I'm having conversations and I'm, I'm not doing like focused, which is not that's the different, there's a difference between mindfulness and meditation. Yeah. Well, it makes a ton of sense because the, those of us who just can't even find, can't even, uh, um, summons within ourselves like 30 seconds to to just have quiet like we're the we're some of right. us need need to sit our butts in the chair and meditate and like refuse to let the silence in um but that's super interesting that if your your life is is quiet and you are um able to just harness it and well but I, I, be I believe that I would benefit from focusing from concentration I just it's a, like what's keeping me from it is like different than what's keeping you from it but in the end it's kind of the same mm. it's just that my chaos is not very chaotic as it were so it's something I've been recently uh, visiting with like that I like thinking about like I have 21 days until I leave for um for France and like wouldn't it be great for me to do one of the 21 day programs because I feel like I could use some live radiantly I could use some being kindness so I should do my own tools and also use it as an opportunity to um hone them but I've been thinking that since I've been in England so you have offered a lot to think about and a lot to consider I think it's so fascinating how how just how well you keep in touch and you prioritize friendships from so far away with so many other experiences and new things that you're being like stimulated by new, you know, just a new neighborhoods and trying to sort yourself around uh, navigating a new grocery store and you know, getting a job in a new place so frequently. And yet um, I, I think it's really commendable and, and I admire you for being able to, to, keep your friendship so so intact and so I really thank you and I'm honored that you're one of my women friends yes that's a thank you and thank you for saying that and it really it it speaks to it's totally true what you just said and it's a core my like my friends and my women friends and male friends but and that it's just it's a huge and very important part of my life. And so I love that you're doing this podcast because I do think it's something that we can all really think about and just place more importance on, or at least acknowledging the ways that it serves us. Awesome. Thanks, Lizanne. All right. Thank you, Janine. I'll talk to you again soon. Good all luck. Right. Okay. Thank you. Bye. All right. Bye. Oh, didn't I tell you she was incredible? Well, I hope you enjoyed hearing this conversation as much as I enjoyed having it. And if you're enjoying the show, please let others know by rating and reviewing Women Friends, the podcast. We're so lucky to have you here. And I, I recognize how busy your day is and how there's just information and content coming at you 
a million miles a minute. So the fact that you spent your 40 minutes with me, I'm just so honored. So thank you for being here. I hope you have a wonderful day. I hope that this is bringing you joy and that you find peace and friendship in your day. Talk to you soon. Bye.